This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. The dead who haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Video Junkyard Podcast. I'm Eric Branson, and with me, as always, my good friends and co-hosts, Joe Peterson and Ryan Stiskel. How's it going tonight, guys? Pretty good. Okay, how about those random, nondescript, political, and or social economic events? Boy, that weather. Yes. We've had weather. <laughs> yes. First there thing. is some some stuff going on. That's that's for sure. I was about that sure thing that surprised happened? that thing happened. <laughs> right. I, I I had an emotional response to that. Yeah. <laughs> of some degree. Sure so. glad that this was a timely made post. God, the first right. little, the first thing you ask us to do. Yeah. <laughs> at this point, at this point, it's cold and it's past Halloween. So how was your Halloween, everybody? No, I'm just kidding. But it, it was a holiday, and yeah. there pe- pe- candy was it. candy was eaten, and yeah, yeah. Um, and spooks yeah, were I, ghouls. I don't know. Actually, okay, so this isn't really topical, but um, recently <laughs> my family and I went camping uh, in in Baraboo, Wisconsin, and they actually did a uh, like a Halloween trick or treat thing there. Uh, at the campground which was really cute so like mm-hmm. they, they encouraged people to decorate their campsites and they encouraged the kids to bring their costumes and you know we handed out candy so we we, we got to do some trick-or-treating a little early actually it was actually really neat and the uh, camp hosts which you get at these campsites the people that stay there all season had like one of the coolest most elaborate things with they had taken garbage bags and like made this moat type almost like a kiddie pool size thing in their front area but they had a fog machine in there and then lasers that shined over the top and it actually looked like a bubbling bog Mm. and they had you know skeletons standing out of it and stuff like that looked like they were coming out of the Oh, that's kind of neat. It was really cool. elaborate for like, I, I, we, and the weird thing is we pulled into the campsite a little late, so it was already dark, and so like I'm driving, hauling a camper, going, "Holy shit, that's intense!" <laughs> <laughs> it was neat. So, so yeah, that was that was uh, kind of a neat Halloween thing. That wasn't exactly on Halloween, so it works really well with this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. So. So, uh, yeah, I guess we'll just jump right in because I don't want <laughs> to date this thing with having any <laughs> I other. No I don't segue really for that. have a segue for this one. Speaking of creepy um, environments with random oh, dead people. Actually, <laughs> yeah, actually shit, I, I actually do have a segue because while we were there, one it. of the things my wife and I were talking about, we're just like looking around at you know campgrounds, and she started asking, "What would like, what do you think campgrounds would be like in a post-apocalyptic world?" Should we actually have this conversation? Full of, um, yeah. I imagine know, like, it would be too much different. What, you know, money wouldn't mean anything. So would you have to, like, yeah, you can stay here, but you have to tend to this garden, you know, or maintain buildings or Pimpin something. You have to earn your keep. immediately came to mind. Like, you would have to, like, sell your body. 
<laughs> oh, I'm sure there'd be some of that. Um, there will be. There, hell, I think there's some of that going on at campgrounds now. But oh yeah, are you kidding me? <laughs> and, Again, and like most I said, truck the ecosystem stops. probably wouldn't change much. Yeah, yeah. But no, so yeah, there's there's our segue. <laughs> yeah, there story. you go. <laughs> I don't know if it made it better. <laughs> yeah, but it definitely was entertaining. There you go. And so, as you've guessed, we've <laughs> we are. Uh, Discussing the 1985 New Zealand film, The Quiet Earth. At 6.12, precisely. Zach Hobson died. And the earth fell silent. Zach Hobson, July 5th. One, there has been a malfunction in Project Flashlight with devastating results. Two, it seems... I am the only person left on it. Parent? Oh. If the oscillations in the sun continue to increase at the present rate, the sun must collapse in a few days. If there is anybody out there at all, could you please contact me at home? Them. They were on our side. Ha. <laughs> the white boss went with the rest of them. There's just you and me now. are a waste of time. You reckon the grid is balanced? Okay. We take the scene down, the grid collapses. A Jeff Murphy film, The Quiet Earth. The end of the world is just the beginning. Quiet Earth was directed by Jeff Murphy, uh, starring Bruno Lawrence, uh, Sam Pillsbury, and uh, Allison Rutledge, and uh, Pete Smith. So, really, it is a cast of three. So, Bruno it's, Lawrence, yeah. Allison Rutledge, and Pete Smith. So, Not a lot of... It's, uh, yeah, <laughs> not a lot of people of this, not which leads me to the uh, synopsis I have here for you. More than uh, I expected. <laughs> yeah. When when everyone around him vanishes overnight, scientist Zach Hobson finds himself seemingly the only person on the planet. 
The isolation initially drives him to the brink of suicide, but eventually Zack adapts a day-to-day -day routine. After meeting two other survivors, Joanne and Api Amori, the trio roams New Zealand trying to understand what caused everyone else to disappear, why they remain behind, and whether disaster will strike again. So, sorry if I butchered the name of the indigenous New Zealand people. Is it... Uh, Maori. Maori, is that... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's funny because his name is Pete so. Smith. Yes, yeah. 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 the actor's, the actor's name, name is Pete, Pete Smith. Smith. Yeah. Peter, Peter Smith. Um, yeah. So, how did we come okay. across this one? So, this one was a recommendation from one of our patrons. So, Scott Stewart um, recommended this one uh, quite a while back. Back. So sorry, Scott, that it took us so long to get to it, but it kind of lingered on the schedule. And as you as you probably heard us joking around about it, probably has uh, gotten bounced down a few weeks, even from when we initially watched this at this point that you're listening. So, um, but we did finally get to seeing The Quiet Earth. This is one that uh, he recommended, said he in enjoyed a lot that people kind of uh, don't really know about, or is one that he often recommends to, to people. So um, not one that I had seen before. I don't know, do you guys have a history with this one at all is anyone first no time for everyone this was existence. a first time and nor was i yeah i was oblivious to its existence uh and have yeah. since found it has actually quite the cult following yeah yeah uh, i feel like claimed. the title was familiar to me when he said the quiet earth i went okay well that's yeah that's one i've like somewhere in the ether that mm -hmm. that's a movie title that makes you know that i i, I think it rings a bell rings a bell as a movie i wanted to see or something but yeah i really didn't have a concept of what it was like i didn't know it was a new zealand film i didn't know you know really what it was yeah. about so um yeah it was uh so i diving in i did the synopsis was rather good this time it actually uh -huh. kind of tells you uh what exactly uh bruno lawrence's character zach hobson is a scientist that wakes up one day essentially after experiencing some um slight kind of psychedelic uh experience of of like i don't know the way that it's depicted thing, right? yeah eclipse like yeah. yeah almost kind of like time vortexy um thing he uh wakes up to discover that everyone to his knowledge everyone else in the world has disappeared so he tries to go to his job site like where he's working at the time and then there's nobody there and um there's nobody in town there's nobody around it's just empty world and, and the first act or the first part of this film it's we kind of watch uh zach kind of first of all kind of try to start to figure this out when he's unsuccessful of like making any sense of it or finding anybody um to make sense of it kind of start to unravel and yeah that is probably like that 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 part of the film at least to me was um probably the most effective part of it when we started to put other other characters in it kind of uh changed what it, what it was but yeah it's an interesting post-apocalyptic film because i think we've seen a lot of this in in science fiction and horror cinema um and it almost always turns out to be something supernatural and or monster movie or you know zombies whatever whatever what have you um this one kind of plays it pretty uh or plays it differently yeah. yeah to where it's it's more about these characters trying to cope with this you know quiet earth thus, thus the title mm -hmm. this empty world and trying to figure out like what exactly happened and why you know why they're and they they expose many different theories throughout so it really leans into the science fiction aspect of it and they're you know um trying to kind of 
figure out where they uh yeah what's oh going on <laughs> i can tell you it's like a, you can tell that this is a fucking uh foreign film like from new zealand because in the first like first off you get a long sunset that's like that's the opening it's like oh my yeah. god this is like five five minutes uh-huh. of just a sunset i'm like oh this is real time okay we're just gonna go through this and then quickly <laughs> transitions to full frontal male penis middle-aged man penis just like laying in a bed I'm like yep this is outside of the usa yeah. Yeah, yeah. You probably wouldn't see a whole lot of full frontal male nudity in an American film, nope. which the the nope. in in uh, No, that's not even the word I'm going for. Anyway, the, the <laughs> fact that you never see full frontal nudity is from you know whatever. I'm not necessarily complaining, but it's always struck me as kind of weird because there's so much full frontal nudity on the female side of things in American right. films. So yeah, but when anyway, you don't expect not like, only that, like it's not like nothing against. Uh, Bruno Lawrence, like, got uh, rest his soul. Uh, it's just like he's not a conventionally attractive male. He is no, he's just a guy, like middle-aged dude. Like, I think yeah. we would all fit into this role. Not trying to shame anybody, but he he's just yeah, a balding middle-aged man. <laughs> this is like, not explo- exploitation nudity in any way. This no, is just like, just like this dude's, I, you know, naked. Naked. So. I live in New yeah. Zealand. Well, and it's interesting oh. to to note. Okay, so this is a post-apocalyptic movie, and it opens with this kind of like, from our perspective, jarring scene. I guess. Um, personal. I would say definitely. Right. Personal. But it's. Yeah. But in thinking of subsequent post-apocalyptic movies and you're right the circumstances of this one are actually kind of unique because we're used to post-apocalyptic movies where it's like nuclear explosion there was a big event that you know was people usually start with some sort of an action right it's zombies it's a virus or whatever but in the movie 28 days later the opening scene really after the the prologue Mm. is uh is it killian murphy yeah, yeah. know how yeah. to pronounce his first name. Laying yeah. on a hospital bed, full frontal nudity. Yeah, I yeah. can just say True. that if a movie starts yeah. with a, a me trying to give some kind of mature credibility to me starting off with the fucking review as like man penis, he he he. When you start a movie with a sunset and then quickly yeah. to just average dude dick, you know it's going to be an art film. That's true. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. adds a certain air of like, ooh, sophistication. Please continue. Yeah. Well, and I, yeah. it, it totally does. And I, <laughs> does. I agree with with Eric too that the the first kind of opening act of this, the first half of this, really, um, is really effective. Like yes. The, the stuff he's doing, and the way he's unraveling, it's like there, there's wanton violence. Just like I'm just gonna get a bulldozer and just run over shit. Yeah. yeah, I can relate to that. Like, that's like, something yeah, I a can lot see of me this. Doing. Well, doing a lot of that, like I'm the only person here, so I can't. I can do this, so I'm going to just. I'm blowing off steam. I'm coping. Like, well, even the the in which you know people may not be obviously watching our video recording, but what my background is of him wearing this women's nightgown. There's a, a part in it where he decides to she put has- on a woman's nightgown, and he like. Mm-hmm touches him you know touches his chest and how does this feel against my skin and it's that that in itself is kind of an interesting choice for a film like this Uh, because we don't see stuff like that we don't see people being like doing something that they normally would have felt vulnerable about 
Yep. Right. Like, but now nobody can see. There's nobody right. here. Like, there's nobody here, so I can do this and, well, and I can enjoy this. It's interesting because I, the way that I, I viewed that scene was this idea of like, like, the feeling of a nightgown. It mm-hmm. feels nice, and mm-hmm. I imagine it must feel nice to wear. But like, I think about like how clothes and shit. Like, this is of course like my millennial, postmodern fucking mentalities, right? Uh, but that idea of, like, where the origin of these kind of clothes come from, and typically when you get, like, a nightgown, you think of, like, what's well, mainly for maybe the comfort of the woman, but mainly for, like, if a man's holding, like, the partner's mm-hmm. holding, it's mainly, like, this feels nice. But the notion of, like, I want to enjoy this for myself, yeah. like, the idea of indulging in, in things that you might fear ridicule of, even in the privacy of your own home, but in this situation, it's like, there's no one. Right. On Earth. So I'm going to do what brings me comfort. There's a lot of these kind of neat decisions where yeah. you know you, you run the risk of of a movie like this it, when these these types of setups of you know doing a Home Alone kind of thing where it's like oh, I'm going to do silly shit. I'm going to eat up all the Twinkies. All yeah. the Twinkie area. Yeah, I'm going to go sledding down the stairs. No, I mean. There's other post-apocalyptic works that have briefly touched on things like this. I mean, uh, the Trash Can Man and Stephen King's The Stand comes to mind as somebody like, well, I can blow shit up now, you know. Yeah. Um, but that's I always that dangerous element, here. right? The lack I, yeah, of, indulge, and, and, uh, the lack of uh, inhibition. Yeah, and, and full indulgence. And what I yeah. liked about this is it shows a realistic, I feel, portrayal of that, where a person would probably <laughs> indulge, and then they back off a bit. And it would kind of wax and wane it with the like psyche. after and, a crisis for sure. Yeah, and so when he really kind of snaps and sets up the his little speech. Oh yeah, yeah, was yep. pretty powerful. Um, yeah, his that was, you know that was that was a great scene. His entire journey until we get to the point like we're talking about the the, the first part of the film until the yeah, point where he meets half. Joanne. So like. Yeah. He, um, his whole journey, I think, I, I kind of read it as being, and you were talking about, like, things that, especially with the nightgown and stuff, maybe things he wouldn't have done if, uh, he was being witnessed. And I kind of read it even as things that, like, he didn't even know he would have done. Like, yeah. he's literally just living in this world, like, okay, like, coming across stuff like, hey, there's that thing, let me, you know, I, I don't have any of these inhibitions created by the, <laughs> the world of other people, so, you know, I and it, I'm... Yeah. Not only am I bored, I'm kind of losing grips with reality. I don't understand what's going on around here, around me. So it's just kind of like sensory stuff. He's, just, he's breaking stuff. He's putting, you know, the the stuff on, you know, the nightgown on it. Around his, uh, and then they do a really cool thing in, in, especially towards the end when another like really great realistic thing in this movie is he starts off kind of like in this dumpy little hotel room uh, when he first finds out like mm-hmm. everybody's gone. Uh, and he gradually kind of like moves up, and eventually he's living in this like mansion esque. Like he's like went and just found you know where yep. the rich people live and moved into one of the houses there. Squatter and, rights. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and which which I feel like anyone in this situation would probably do be like, oh, why am I here when I could go there, you know, and see what and you know he's 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 very he's looting a bit, but not like just going and taking stuff like he sees any profit in it. But he's just kind of like, hey, this is here. I'm gonna take this, you know. And, well, um yeah and he's also a, he's a scientist in fact like he's a part of the program that allegedly caused this f- 
phenomenon, yeah. whatever occurred. Yeah. It, it, project, oh, it's a Project Flashlight, I think, is yeah. they don't yeah. really explain everything about they it. They kind but, of say yeah. it's something like uh, putting energy essentially in the air to be received and shared across the world. Like some kind of... This movie doesn't try very hard with its... Uh, sci-fi tech yeah. babble it's, to explain kinda, the phenomenon. But yeah, it's just it's it's kind of word salad. It is, but yeah. he being who he is, the first thing he does, he is a modest person, but also like a very uh, intelligent, thoughtful person. Because the first thing that he actually tries to do, like after going back to the facility and wondering if this, like what he feared happened, happened. Uh, after he realizes, like, yes, this thing occurred, and um, it has caused a major issue globally, he sets up a, a radio broadcast on repeat. Mm-hmm. He's trying to rebuild any remnants of society in case there are yeah. survivors, which is very telling. Trying to see if there's anyone else out there, too, yeah. Right, which is very telling of who he is by comparison to, the later on, the other two characters who literally he meets with them pointing guns at him. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's, and I wanted to transition a little bit into how this film really changes um, when he meets these other survivors. Yeah, it yeah. does. It really turns um, in what it's about and the story that it's trying to tell. Yeah, uh, Which, I mean, I, I guess it makes sense because you can't have an entire movie of just a guy walking around trying to figure shit out, right? Like, hmm. It, that'd get boring after a while. They they play with it like until he starts to lose his mind, and then he kind of snaps out of it when when he's playing with the bulldozer and he accidentally runs over the the baby carriage. Yeah, he gets weirded yeah. out by that, and that kind of brings him back to reality a bit. And then he meets, and then he gets settled for a while. Like, yeah. but it also okay. I'm gonna just live. But yeah, he starts make, going through his routine, and yeah. yeah, it also makes sense. Like when you learn later on, like his involvement. Yeah. Uh, in the program and what led to him potentially being there based on what we're later discussed, like yeah. why things occurred, that so, why he carries a certain mental state that he does. And just to touch back for a second on how different this movie is from any other post-apocalyptic thing that I've seen, is that it's, again, you're not dealing with zombies, you're not dealing with a virus, right? It's just people vanished. There's no bodies laying around. No. Yeah. Well, there's a so few in certain situations. Like there were some dead bodies. I didn't notice. There was that. a dead body in the site in the lab. Oh, in the lab. In there. Yeah. there was in the lab, but yeah. also there was a dead, like what looked like a car accident. So potentially, somebody who. Well, like as people just vanished because remember he finds all the, the the crashed airplane and the seats are all empty. The seat, the the buckles right. are still mm-hmm. buckled. The movie it's, doesn't do a consistent job of fully explaining yeah. certain things. I thought, but you don't were, really. I understood it as that people disappeared. Yeah. Like there was like boom gone. Uh, yeah. There was that. I remember that body like in the mm-hmm. in the lab. So it's not. And they do talk about later when the three of them get together and talking about like where when they start having conversations about where they were when the the event happened or whatever. Yeah. Uh, they start theorizing about well maybe it's you know because you know. Yeah. And, yeah. And if we want to get to the, that point now, but because we all died yeah. at the point when this was happening, is so why why we happen to be. Yeah, and I think it, yeah, that's kind of what I like, wanted to get into is how. Once well, and there's no people. It's no living creature. 
Except plants yeah. for some reason. I don't get Except that. plants. Yeah. And then yeah, whatever spawned still... after the event. Like and am I there's thinking... a lot of circumstances. Am that I are thinking just... into it too much that like meat is still around? Because like if there's no dead bodies, why would there be meat? <laughs> or fungus. Or fungus. So there's grass. So yeah, mm-hmm. okay. I'm, yeah, I'm overthinking yeah, yeah. it. Don't yeah. want to think into it too much. Um there's some pits yeah, in there's this. there's weird cosmic whatever uh, that yeah so he can't like specific he can't like life. <laughs> run around and like be buddies with the animals or something like that's they're not there either like right. everybody so yeah. when he meets it, it's interesting too that when he meets what is it um joanne joanne um yeah at first like you know she's hesitant drawing a gun uh, same thing with with uh, abby you know they're you know pulls mm-hmm. a gun on him but then they always like embrace because they realize, wow, it's another person and nothing else yeah. matters. I'm with another yeah. human. That's that's. And you really get the impression that all of them have kind of been living this sort of, you know, existence in one mm-hmm. way or another, and none of them yeah. relate in uh, any of their subsequent conversation. None of them relate that they had run into other people. Um, I kind of think that the the scene when we meet Abby is. Uh, I, I would I guessed that he had had some run-ins at, with, with something at some point where he right. he was very very defensive at first, but right. Well, well and then you, his his character is actually part of a military. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, uh, and and when you figure out based some of, of his circumstances, yeah. you can see why you know he'd be a little high strung. Um, what when when you introduce these characters, there's like all of a sudden there's relationships going on, which yeah I get, but they're well. They're kind of strange how they're oh, portrayed. Oh, like, I will this... pull out say right away. It's when the movie starts to lose me because it, it's mm-hmm. the worst part of the movie. Is this? Is yeah. the relationships? This, this movie one eighties from being a very kind of dark uh, analysis of the human psyche about like the way this guy's coping with being alone to being a. It, well, it was just him and Joanne. I don't think it's really turned into a romance situation. It kind of turns into like a weird buddy road movie in a way like they're kind of yeah. foraging and um there is a romantic element to it kind of but it's more like i know but but the, but the tone like totally changes it becomes a much lighter film mm-hmm. um it's even kind of fun in places they're kind of goofing around and having a good time and then you know they, they end up having some sort of a relationship obviously uh zach is taking it more seriously than uh joanne is but they literally both think they're the only people in the world at this point so like i don't think either of them are like having a lot of deep thoughts about it it's kind of like yeah this is is what it is and then you get your chode alpha male male appy into the picture and it turns into a real quick like high school love triangle yeah necessary yeah appy as a character is kind of an interesting um not only does he show up and he's he's very alpha male ver- to, versus uh, Zach, who is you know like we described earlier a scientist and kind mm-hmm. of um, he's very he's cerebral and contemplative and obviously gets into his own head in the beginning and that's kind of what drives him nuts a little bit. Um, Oppie's kind of the opposite. I think he's impulsive and um, he's very he, yeah. His history is that he. Uh, was having uh, was it was his wife having an affair with him? No, the no. Opposite. His friend's was... wife liked him, and he said no to the affair, and then she oh, okay. killed himself, which resulted in 
him being and then the husband attempt to try to kill him and then Did so the death him. the yeah. death event that they all they all say you know flashed them into whatever version of reality that they're in or whatever mm-hmm. we'll talk a little bit about all the theories they come up with of what's going on um but yeah so so he's being he literally is being choked to death and drowned by this friend of his and anyway so his his story is very violent and different and right so it when we get into how they've realized that that's the reason they're all there is because they've all died it there was something about that like i okay i was on board like okay so you're you're kind of going around the love triangle it's there but now you're going somewhere else with it into this you know possible explanation like you said they go to a couple of different ideas but that they all were at the time of death when the event happened so now they're alive interesting kind of definitely a purgatory aspect right oh yeah that's kind of intentional it seems yeah from what some of the creators very say. but well, at the same time then when they start going into oh well there's evidence now of another event that's going to happen we need to stop it that's when i have like pause why yeah <laughs> like, what's the point yeah how do you how well why first of all and how do you know you don't have any scientific evidence that says that the other an event another event coming doesn't flash you right back into reality <laughs> like whatever like i mean yeah. chances are you know yeah anyway well I, I don't it, know why they're so dead set on stopping it um uh, because I, yeah. especially from zach's point of view it's not like he's living um you know at this point when they're when they're putting this together and they're, they're going to go and stop the new the next event, um, Joanne and Oppie have become a couple and Zach's now the outlier of oh, you know, yeah. in the situation. Like, so it's not even really a love triangle. It's a, you know, she moves on to him pretty quickly. It turns into like a high school kind of like bullshittery. I love how in the love triangle, like even Joanne's bringing it up like, listen, I like you both. And like, we need to figure out how this thing works. And he's just like, yeah, cool, whatever. There's gonna be another fucking event. We need to <laughs> yeah, stop, stop it. Worrying. Like, yeah. these two, like, Appy and Joanne are just like, you're just jealous because now I'm the new man in charge. Nope, there's gonna be another thing happening. <laughs> Scientist e- has to science. Someone has to be mature here. There's even, like, when she finds out, yeah. like, Oppie's story about how she, how he, quote, unquote, killed. Well, and he yeah. phrases it this way that, like, he killed this woman. Uh, and then they have this whole like falling out between them and like she's she's bitching to Zach about it and the whole time he's like okay but we need to get Oppie and we need to get back over to the flashlight lab or whatever they called it and like because there's gonna be another one of these things and they're like but yeah anyway I mean so these two these two characters wrote, you know they they really oh they're the fucking hinder worst. Zach's ability to do anything to affect his own trajectory here it's just like yeah. yeah. And the reason I think I see, like, why he wants to prevent the event is, like, the idea of, like, we already know what it's like to lose people. And I, like, I don't, I think he's like, I don't know what's going to happen, but we don't want to risk us being blipped out, too. Because we only lucked out because we, we died right when we died. And again, he has the saddest part, because you find out, like, mm-hmm. like she, Joanne dies from, like, being electrocuted by a faulty fucking, like, hairdryer. Appy dies mm-hmm. by being drowned by his friend whose wife died because of Appy. And then Zach dies because he felt so guilt-ridden about this of this 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 whole thing that he felt that if he killed himself, his body would be found, 
with identification for like the lab and the lab would be investigated and hopefully yeah. stop the whole it would, thing it would expose what they're mm-hmm. doing yeah. like he sacrificed his life to try to expose something terrible and it re- again this movie like you guys actually brought up the purgatory it's repeating again where you, uh, you the people he's with are self-centered like to the point where like he's trying to tell them like she jumps into like the truck with Abby just because she's a fucking asshole anyways uh and then he's being an asshole trying to run fucking zach off the road thinking that's hilarious why zach's just like dude we're gonna have another fucking event soon like he's just trying his fucking best to like maintain <laughs> the amount of times Appy like casually tries to kill jack and then thinks it's hilarious or zach not jack um, in the sort of like you know shoots at like these people are just like shooting at each other like oh we're we're angry about what you know is going on so we're I don't know God it's it it's I feel gross, like it, it was an honest. attempt at, at kind of creating like a, a microcosm of like society so they kind of throw these like but I I don't know if it's entirely successful there in that way because Appy's too intense of a character to place into the situation yeah. joanne's kind of too much of a i'll wait i'll take either one either way kind yeah. of like yeah right it's like she was totally content until you know appy comes into the onto the scene and then she's you know onto the next thing which there are people like that too you know oh, you yeah. just you know but yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not sure that was really the, the filmmaker's intent, but that's kind of what I got from it. Is kind of you have you have a situation where somebody's been isolated, and then um, they find this person. There's this kind of almost um, utopian sense of you know, okay, well we have each other. We're going to depend on each other. We're the only two people, and then all of a sudden you throw this third wild card in, uh-huh. and you watch the breakdown like that. Just um, you know, well, yeah. and really when they introduced. Joanna is really when it starts to kind of go downhill because yeah. and then the, a- Appy makes it worse and I, that's that's where I did kind of struggle with this film is the first half is so interesting and can really go in a lot of different directions and I know you can't have an entire movie just one person walking well I guess you could they did it with you could. but okay you know so they're going to introduce some other people and there's going to be a, a plot beyond the first half of the film fine and the second half is just kind of all over the place that yeah i well they they get it back on track eventually but they spend a lot of time on some weird yeah like and the fact that he has to like yeah he has to like referee this uh kind of i guess right as you put it like high school kind of relationship thing that's going yeah yeah. it's kind of like and finally literally have to take them by gunpoint and yelling and screaming and car chasing to be like we have to try to stop this event like you're not listening to me i'm trying to science over here and you're not doing it's like um but yeah yeah, i still i guess i wasn't really sold on why he was going to be trying to stop this thing maybe it was just at the end because the movie now ends with him just yeah but even even before the, the total ending just like Okay, so he's gonna try to stop the event, and then I guess my suspension of disbelief kind of ran out a little bit. Where and yeah. he's going to reverse it or do whatever, you know? I, I think it's like I, really, you you were one person in a lab, but you're the only one left. You're in with two incompetent assholes, and you're just gonna fix it all. I guess I kind of it kind of wore off on me there. I think, and if it was reversible, like from the get go, how couldn't he reverse it the second day? If he, you know, he obviously suspected. 
but yeah. flashlight is what did this and anyway yeah i it's it's this thing for me where i think at this point because he sacrificed he decides he he makes up this ruse right like he knows what's going on with these people and this is like they're not really listening to me and i that like i think hmm, i gotta double back bit he says a line to her that kind of broke my heart a little bit like further as the movie go on it's just like i had no problem being alone in my life i've always been alone um but the fact that i've met you has really meant something to like he, he explains that and she's like oh and then later on does what she does uh, and then, like, this whole thing fucking occurs. Like, regardless of the politics of what occurs and with relationship dynamics uh, in a post-apocalyptic event, you think that there would be, like, more shared empathy in the in gravitas. But for some reason, there has to be some kind of toxic bullshit, alpha to uh, male bullshit mm -hmm. or whatever. Like, full on. Because uh, Joanne's not fully fucking innocent, right? So at this point... I feel he's just like, hey, yeah, I'm just going to leave for a couple hours um, and find the device to make this work. But in reality, like, fuck it, I'm going to blow myself up. I don't care if this works or doesn't work. Like, I'm done. <laughs> There's no need to keep going. I'm in a yeah. shitty universe. And then they have a yeah. sex scene. Like, Appy and Joanne, I did not need to see. I'm yeah, not, I don't like sex was... scenes in general, to be honest. But that was also another, like, I don't need to feel like Appy is over me coming. <laughs> like yeah oh this is the female perspective yeah. that no one needs not even the females and so uh, so zach does whatever he does to the device or the process ma machine whatever and blows it up at the right time blows it up at the right time and sacrifices waits. himself to save yeah the other two but then he wakes up on a beach with the image behind you, Eric, of a bunch of these yeah. weird water spouts over, which is a great looking scene. I mean, it's really yeah, it's cool, cool looking. It's a good uh, painted backdrop, that's for damn sure. But it's it looks fun. cool with all these, you know, water spouts out in the, the ocean and then, you know, this giant Saturn looking planet. Yeah, ringed planet. Ringed planet rises. Well, they, ringed planet. Yeah. They kind of yeah. theorize that they're d dimension jumping right earlier. Like somehow when we died during the event, it prevented us from like zapping to the next. Yeah. To, from zapping out of existence. So we are either like, we're probably in the new dimension. Like, or you can see it because again, the movie doesn't really explain as this their souls transcended. Which theoretically, it's just like okay, they can't be the only three on the planet that fucking died. Yeah. Right. Like, it's just this yeah, yeah it, it it goes in some weird directions it, the, the whole movie feels like a misdirection right because, because you find out at the end that this movie actually has very strong like you know end of life kind of themes and afterlife themes concepts of purgatory when the first half of it is nothing like that at all <laughs> right and the yeah. second half so, is yeah and I'm not saying that yeah. that's a bad thing it's, to do. There's been movies that have done it many times, but it it's it is jarring. Yeah. Well, it's backloaded in that way. Like most of the elements of the plot, it was fine with the plot being about Zach and his unravel, his, his dealing with, first of all, being alone. Second of all, trying to deal with his mystery. That was fine, and that was working well for me actually. Uh, the second half of the movie, it's a little backloaded because it. it 
it kind of jams a bunch of plot into the back half of the movie that you weren't dealing with in the first part of the movie. Right. However, it all comes from Zack, so we're, then you have to go back and kind of like relate and be like, okay, well, he already knew all that stuff all this time and had these suspicions and, um, but wasn't acting like then it kind of actually hurts the first half of the movie because his uh, his unraveling and his dealing with that didn't seem quite as believable being that he you know might have some ideas in the back of his head on how he could fix this whole problem and um so i i i give it a i give it a, a, a grain of salt and say that maybe that's something he figured out in the meantime like later on after he's lived through that um you know, it's not real clear in this movie how much time passes. Like time passage is not um, yeah, very well covered. You can't tell if it's um, weeks. I got days, the picture months. that the first act of the movie was quite a long time. Like he had been alone a long time because he he did all of this different stuff. He kind of moved around a lot and he started to lose it. And um, For that really fantastic months. scene that yeah. uh, Joe brought up earlier, where he's delivering his his speech to his mannequins and and uh, on the. And then the power goes out, and it's this just wonderfully, like, great. I think that's the last little, like, really great moment in the movie. I like the look on his face, like, too, when that power goes out, as if, like, yep, I was waiting for that to happen. Because, mm-hmm. like, it's like he would know, like, yep, eventually mm-hmm. the energy grid's going to give out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you'd think he'd eventually understand that. But, and that real, I agree, that is, like, one of the best scenes of the film, and that's really where, like, the best scenes end. Um, other than yeah, some cool visual scenes, but you know, there, it, yeah, the, there is a. This is based off of a book. Mm-hmm. Did you guys look uh, at the the synopsis for the book at all? I I did not. I knew it was based on a novel, but I haven't. Yeah, I didn't look at anything so the, else. The movie does. The book goes a little bit differently. For example, like it's a genetic experiment that causes all this, and it's it's kind of weird in its own science thing. But the thing is, is like, Appy is in the book, but Joanne isn't, but there is a female character. Um, Appy is who Appy is in the movie, essentially, but but he's a little bit more of an unhinged kind of antagonist of, of sorts. Um, and the female character that's in the book goes unnamed. She's just a person who happens to be there. She's very ill and she dies, and which triggers like a further divide between Zack and Appy. Like, Appy loses his fucking shit, apparently. But this movie decided to just have Joanne be a full-fledged character, but how they chose to have that. Yeah. Um, and yeah. the this love triangle dynamic really just... If, if just dismantles whatever the fuck this was trying to build in the beginning. And just because it tags in like this, like... God, I fucking hate to say it. Like, I know how much this movie is, like... Like held to high regard and the ending being the biggest part but mm-hmm. my fucking god like Appy and Joanne ruined the ending for me like I didn't I like I didn't care I was just like yeah I love watching a character who ha- gets the shit into the stick still get a shit into a stick potentially in my yeah. mind in my yeah. fan fiction because they don't explain what this is like fuck it this is his interstellar heaven yeah. <laughs> and and they get left in fucking shit. Well, and, and there are yeah. some. I mean, this is. I, I I'm not going to say it's a bad science fiction film because Mm-mm. it's it 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 touches on cool a lot concepts. of themes. It's got some really yeah. cool concepts. I just don't feel like they're all well developed equally. Um, and some are kind of left as as untied yeah. loose ends. So, but uh, yeah, but, but overall, the, um, half. 
speaking of the ending, I wanted to, you know, um, see what you guys made of it because it's it's quite famously known, or you know, in, yeah. in its uh, following for having a kind of, you know, that ending. That's all we see. He described before. He's standing on a beach. That's it. Like he's kind of like, what now? Um, what do you guys make of that? What do you think? What do you, what do you think happened? What's your personal theory at the end of? Because the, the the filmmakers admittedly. Um, left it open ended yeah. up to audience interpretation. For, for, for my interpretation, which is, is you know, because it's open ended, is valid, I guess, as anybody else's, I would like to think, but is that this <laughs> yeah. whole thing is like a purgatory tale, yeah. but masked behind science fiction. But it's really just, it's purgatory. Um, that they all did die, and they're in this new dimension where they're, it, it had nothing to do with the. Uh, device or the the process or anything, and now he's just transcending on to the next thing. It's, it's kind of like Jacob's Ladder, you know. It's like it, it's at the stages of acceptance as you're going. Into Shit, that. it's the ending of Lost all over again. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And I never saw a single episode of Lost because I I got into it late. I started getting interested in it late and was getting ready to watch it. I was asking people when it was over, like, is it worth watching? And they went, No, it's not. <laughs> So yeah. I, I, I I wasn't uh, victim to Lost like so many others were. Yeah, unfortunately me. Um, Ryan, what'd you make of it? Is it something similar? Or? Well, um, it's tough because of like the information I throw out. There's a different. There's a lot of variety of ways to try to interpret this because the question is is like, did all because they die, they find their their hypothesis is they died right when the event occurred and that's why they remain on earth but so that means that anyone that was alive any creature or thing that was alive uh well animal wise like you said because plant life seems to be staying uh just did they transcend or did they because they died go into a different world because again we have and this brings up more fucking questions there's three corpses that we've seen in this movie the first one in the laboratory which that guy clearly fucking died mid-moment because he was electrocuted one could theorize that he actually died before the event occurred and that's why that's occurring like hence like he caused something that killed him and then triggered the event that's the scientist but there's two other people in the movie that are dead bodies. It's a car accident scene. And it looks like somebody was also trying to radio for help but didn't make it in time. They died. It was an old woman. Or an older woman. Um, and one could theorize that maybe they died in a car accident at the same moment. But they were still, like, they were brought to. But something occurred where they still died. Again, yeah. it's not explained. And she, uh, Joanne also mentioned seeing... Uh, uh, a co- the corpse of a of an infant covered in maggots which right oh, away yeah, makes Zach go like oh my god if you saw maggots that means that there's life and they caught fish at one point and you know there was like this Joanne made this uh, theory that like cre- uh, maybe the sperm hit the egg at the exact moment impregnation and that's why there's so little of fish and shit and, like, so you know by the way Appy and Joanne in this triad when they work together they actually each have pieces to fit the mystery right, they, they really do, do work yeah. together again it's ruined when they try to do this fucking weird love triangle bullshit but yeah. going back to sorry ADHD made I have to build this whole thing 
What do I think <laughs> happens in the end? Well, he clearly dies. Like, he triggers an explosion right when the event's about to occur. So, if we're going off the death theory, then that means... And he is now in a different plane of existence, and he's the one who died in that explosion. Then that means those who die transcend into a next realm. Yeah. Uh, and the way, if I want to go off of it on some kind of, like, biblical Christian version of, or, or just some kind of religious uh, Catholic view, I guess, of, like, purgatory and hell and shit like that. When I think about Appy and Joam and their selfishness, like, during, because the event still occurred, mind you. Like, he just right. triggered the bomb right when the event occurred. It he, had to have occurred, otherwise he would have been dead right where he, he was. He would have yeah. been dead where he was. So one could theorize that where they were at is purgatory. Joanne and Appy did not learn their lesson because they both did selfish fucking things where Zach chose mm-hmm. to be self-righteous like, and end his life to save theirs. Well, what was Joanne's... Okay, so she was electrocuted, but what was her deal before that, did they say? I don't know. Not really, mean. no. Or was it just like she was getting out of the tub or something and, uh, you know, like... She was yeah, drying her hair and got electrocuted yeah, yeah. when she was out of the shower or something. Because like it's interesting, you've got, you know, Avi who has guilt with associated with his death. I, I know what you mean. Yeah. And you've got Zach, who's a suicide. And... Like you got two out of the three there, Joanne, like maybe? Th- maybe, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I have to go back and and because she that does again. a bunch of like vain things, I suppose one could say. But, but no it's different hard from tell. anyone else like, in Belgium. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I don't know. It's a little uneven on that. But aspect. she she does seem she doesn't seem like a sh- a great person. Like throughout the movie, like she seems thoughtful to some extent, but there's always this kind of person that I think we all know in real life. It's just like they're in the middle. Like, yeah. they, like they do bad things. They do good things. Uh, yeah. They are what they are. But yeah. like I was saying before, towards this idea of like him doing a self-sacrifice play during the event, maybe, like I said, hopefully, ideally, like this beautiful cosmic world, maybe might be the quote-unquote next level, mm-hmm. based on like um, I don't know, or it could just be like a damn you, you destroy them all, damn dirty apes type situation like Planet of the Apes, and just, I don't know. It yeah, really is yeah. left, but um, do you got something, Eric? I mean, I, obviously it's up to interpretation. I didn't read as much into the, until I was reading the Wikipedia page about it, where the filmmakers said that the ending was supposed to be uh, left up to interpretation, but they, the only clue they gave you is that their actual interpretation was something vaguely Catholic, so I'm like, oh geez, yeah, purgatory... Mm-hmm. kind of thing um, I didn't really get that I, I got the purgatory aspect of their survival and kind of like the, the, the thematic uh, elements of the film um, I do get 100% that he could he whatever he did his self-sacrifice didn't work he did not stop the event from happening because otherwise he could have jumped out to, to another place mm-hmm. um, what that other place is they talk about in various points throughout the movie about it possibly being interdimensional or you know traveling from place to place where did you know the theory that everybody else maybe went somewhere and because they died they got left behind um, essentially a, a non-religious rapture like or, mm-hmm. or they're like just uh, he actually re- refers to it as just being off a beat, like the dimensional theory of like we're, 
everyone else. Like, the real world would still be there, but they're just off a little bit in this other dimensional kind of pocket. Um, so there's a lot of, like, just talk of that kind of stuff throughout um, yeah. the latter half of the movie. And I, I guess I just read it as he failed to stop the event. I don't know what happens to the other two. Like, they're either jet jettisoned off somewhere in their own, you know, uh, he's just in a new in another place like he's wherever this is whether this is another dimensional plane whether he's actually changed space you know he moved into yeah. space as well as time and whatever um but yeah the the event occurred and he's just i guess it's really the same thing i've just removed the religiosity. so that just might be me like i've removed the religiosity from it and and you know he's he's, yeah. he's in the next stage of whatever this is yeah so it's, yeah 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 from what I understand I with the book ending, it's it's heavily onto like the idea of like purgatory trying to mm-hmm. fix something that you felt guilty and carried into the next life. And the I guess the book ends with spoilers. Um uh with him like recovering like recovering from like a nightmare of fallen from a hotel after like accepting like something mm-hmm. terrible and then waking up again in the hotel with his watch stop at six twelve, so hmm. the idea of like circular, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, like a yeah. Pur- like a purgatory would be, but like I don't know, he's clearly went to a different place in this movie. Uh, yeah. Whether yes. or not it's a good place, it doesn't look like a bad place, but it definitely feels alien and uneasy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looks like a prog rock album cover. It does, and I feel like that would be our heavens. It would be mine, at the very least. I won't. He wakes up on a Yes album cover. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Uh, That reminds me. All Brasky family photos now. I just that's right. (laughs) It's fun. The 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 Yes song roundabout is playing in my head. Oh yeah, Yeah, it's appropriate. Um, Oh my god, that's how JoJo episodes end with Roundabout. (laughs) That's how this movie should end, is like, they do that meme from the JoJo meme, where the end starts the Roundabout song from Yes, and then right when they show his face, and that the fucking, like, Saturn planet's coming up, it has that little arrow that says, Be Continued, and then starts playing Roundabout. (laughs) It's a a JoJo deep cut for those who watch, not you guys, but I mean, it is a thing. Um... You guys have any any final thoughts on uh, this one before I go ahead and give it sure. a grade? Yeah. Um, sure. Like this, I, I'm glad I saw this. I didn't know it was a thing, but now I understand that it is one, and I can see why. I can see why this is regarded. I know that Neil deGrasse Tyson has famously stated this is one of his famous uh, favorite science fiction movies, and yeah. I can see why it has an appeal. Um, it just feels very uneven. And I like the themes that they're going into. I just don't feel like the second half of the movie does them uh, to the same capacity that they did in the first half. Uh, they they show the kind of how somebody would behave potentially in this post-apocalyptic type setting really well. But when it switches gears into kind of this, what the movie's really about, um, I just don't feel like it does it quite as well. So that knocked it down a few points for me, but otherwise it's visually really impressive. Um, and it, it, the pacing's pretty good until, again, it switches gears in the second half. So I'm actually going to give this one like a midline B. Uh, it's enjoyable, it's worth a rewatch, but it's got some problems. Yeah. Um, I think that this movie 
is a is I can see where this is kind of like could be a favorite uh, influential science fiction movie when it's being a science fiction movie. Um, like it doesn't go de- like in depth of explanation, um, kind of like like our fucking review of Boba Hotep way back when. Uh, where I've said like <laughs> where that movie is so ridiculous but still has explanations that are fun this movie's trying to throw what it can but the problem is that fucking goddamn second act I mean it goes to show that everything's great until people are involved because people just suck <laughs> even in, yeah. in, in the fucking quiet earth like as soon as it's like as as, as a hermit myself, <laughs> as a, a as a inverted human uh that sounded weird uh introvert human introverted yeah, yeah. <laughs> introverted <laughs> um i can i can really t- it's like the moment i realize that there's going to be people i'm like fuck here comes conflict <laughs> like they brought it uh and that's that's unfortunately the fucking bane of this movie like it <sighs> I didn't want it to, but it really ruined the movie for me. I had a really hard time with this movie. It left a terrible taste in my mouth. Like, Joanne and Appy are not palatable characters. Even though they try to give Appy some humanistic elements, which I, in the beginning seemed like, oh, maybe he's not as bad as I thought. Like a gun-wielding military macho man type. He shows he has some... He plays piano, like, deep... And then, no. Switch to, like, I'm gonna run you off the road. I'm like, oh, you're an asshole. I hope you fucking don't make it through this. Either of you. It's just, like... It's just... I think it just triggers, like, feelings of, like, betrayal. Um, especially when your main character is trying so hard to, like, do the right thing in a lot of things. And it's just, like, this... It just took away everything. All the joy from me. Uh, and it bumped it down significantly. Uh, like it, like Joe was kind of saying, like this movie's a good sci-fi movie. It's not a strong sci-fi movie, but it had some interesting, you know, concepts. But it's completely, for me, completely ruined. As soon as the other people, it changed too much. It derailed. Uh, I think the movie can just end with the gun in the mouth by the trailer, and then that you leave it. <laughs> you just that's it like you pull the trigger and then you have the planet rise you can just cut out the rest of it but because it's so impactful for me it has to be and i'm being nice it's a c plus like that's where i'm at it's long-winded but that's where i'm at yeah and and honestly i'm gonna echo some of those same grapes as i as i already had i i think overall it's it's a palatable movie like it's a mm-hmm. it's a not a bad watch um yeah. i do think the front half is much more powerful and profound than oh, incredible. Uh, the yeah. second half is. I think they attempt to be with making some comments about society, like you said, the way people kind of interact and conflict and all this stuff. Um, I just don't think it's all successful, and I do think it gets weighed down in the like love triangle thing more than it needs to be. Yeah. Um, the fact that there was ever really, like... I mean, I guess I find it believable that there's like a romance situation, kind of, but like... In general, I just feel like this movie didn't need it. it. It had enough going for it that it was it could have been more interesting to go a different direction. Um, I did like that it would, unlike a lot of post-apocalyptic movies, it didn't skew quite as dark with the... Uh, we, we would talk about conflict and the things, but 
these people aren't cruel to each other the way that people are usually depicted in post-apocalyptic movies. Like, when you run into people, they're going to steal your shit and shoot you and, like, you know. Um, these people were defensive evil, of themselves, evil, but generally, generally once they that. found out, yeah, there was no threat, then they were very close to, you know, then they were joyous. Like, yay, people, you know, we're, we're um, more of us. And um, I thought that was an interesting concept, and uh, we could use a little more of that in this type of storytelling, I suppose. Um the, the characters, I think, by themselves could have been good characters. They just didn't have time to develop in the time they were given. Uh, besides Zack. I think we get a good understanding of Zack, and that's that's really it. And that's also part of the problem with, with Joanna and Abby, is they're just not given... You would need in a whole other hour of this movie, which I don't think any of us want to sit through, mm-hmm. to really get them to the point where they're developed as, you know, as Zack is, or where we understand their motivations. Um, it probably could have been done... You know, you could have thrown in some flashbacks, whatever. Um, it's funny a little more that of a drama. That, like, not to interrupt, but the book actually separates Zach and Appy's stories as two separate things in the book, and then the next story where they come together. So it actually hmm. dealt yeah. with them. Okay. Okay. So not something like that too, could yeah. have certainly helped, yeah. I think, in this situation. Um, no, I was pretty much done. But, the, but a little more of a drama than a, a sci-fi movie, but there's some solid, good sci-fi concepts, and when the drama's effective, it's very good. I overall I enjoyed it, but I think it's flawed, and I think the second half does let me down a bit. I think I would give this one a a B, but I'm leaning towards the B minus. But I am, I am, you know, happy I saw it. it I I wasn't like I said, it was like a familiar name at best to me. So it's it's one that uh, I probably never would have really come across without that recommendation. So All right. I will say so. that Bruce, like. He's passed on, of course, but he was just a phenomenal actor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The performance-wise, yeah. Bruno Lawrence. He was Bruno. Fan, I said Bruce. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Great in this. Um, Bruno. Yeah. Yeah, and not that the rest of the cast was bad, but he's certainly he. Mm-hmm. This is a a career um, best performance. Yeah. I don't know what else, I don't know what else I've seen him in, but yeah, he he was he was really good. Just yeah. incredible. Really great in this. Yeah. Well, we would love to know any of our listeners' thoughts on The Quiet Earth. Um, what do you think of our review, and what do you think of it yourself? Uh, please feel free to share any of those questions, comments, criticisms, or witticisms with the Video Junk Air podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Video Junk Pod or on Instagram or Facebook on our main Video Junk Air podcast pages. As always, if you write it, we'll read it, and we look forward to hearing from you. And if uh, you like what you hear and want to help us create more of these podcasts, head over to the patreon page at patreon.com slash video podcast and consider giving a small donation to help us make more of these uh with it with your small donation you'll get certain perks as in uh helping us pick movies on the for the show like our patron scott stewart did you could wield the power that scott did and made us watch make <laughs> this watch a movie like the quiet earth uh, tonight so um as always, we want to thank. Either way, we want to thank you for being here, and we want to thank our patrons, uh, both the aforementioned Scott Stewart and Tony Rodriguez, who also has a movie recommendation in that we'll be uh, trying to get onto the show very soon. So, stay tuned for that, amongst other wonderful things coming up on the Video Junkyard Podcast. Um, hope you'll come back and join us for more uh, movies. And we want to thank you once again for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. And until next time, this is Joe Peterson. I'm Eric Branson. And I'm Ryan Stasco saying, Will you listen to that? I can only conclude that the fabric of the universe is not only altered, but is highly unstable.
You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. You just can't let them go? Go! Stay on the road. Keep clear of the moors. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash videojunkyardpodcast, on Twitter at videojunkpod, and on Instagram as videojunkyardpodcast, all one word. want to thank you again for listening, and keep digging. Who knows what treasures you'll find in the Video Junkyard. <laughs>